The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues, Ocean River Shields of Achilles, with your host, Dr. Rob Moyer. Find out what others are doing and what you can do to create a greener and blue planet Earth. Now, here's Dr. Rob Moyer. Welcome. Today, we're talking about amaranth, an everyday superfood that is similar to quinoa. And my guest is Josh Asen. Hello, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, Josh, you and I, uh, you know, we work out in the same gym in Cambridge here, and uh, recently you brought into the gym, you know, some amaranth super bars. You, like, brought product into the gym, and it was really great. Um, uh, Yeah, it's just the most remarkable food, this amaranth. Tell me, you know, tell me about what this is, amaranth. Well, so uh, the reason I brought those into the gym is because I've been I've been working on this project now for about a year, and I've been talking to different people at the gym about amaranth and you know having them actually you know kind of help me out as taste testers. And so when I actually had the finished product, I wanted them to have a chance to taste it. So I mean that, that <laughs> I don't usually <laughs> hand snacks out to people at the gym, <laughs> although I'd probably be a lot more popular if I did. But um, so uh, amaranth is a pseudo-cereal. It's, it's a flower. It's similar to quinoa, like you said, and uh, you can take from this flower uh, its seeds, and you can eat the seeds, and the seeds are extremely healthy. They're very nutrient-dense. You can also eat the leaves, and you can also use it as a potted plant. So it, it's this amazing, versatile, and very nutrient-dense plant that I really think is the food of the future. Yeah, you were telling me it can grow like weeds. It's not like, you know, as, as sensitive as quinoa is in the conditions for growing. Right. Um, and that's, that's interesting because uh, when I first started on my project to try to make, you know, a better, a healthier food, I looked first at quinoa. And I even tried to grow quinoa. And quinoa is pretty expensive. And the reason it's so expensive is because it's difficult to cultivate. It only grows in very specific conditions. It has to be very sunny and very cold. So you have to either, you know, be very high in altitude or high in latitude. And so it's, like I said, it's very difficult. It can't really ever be grown at a scale to, uh, to make a dent in the world food population. Whereas amaranth? Uh, amaranth is a weed. Amaranth grows everywhere. And, uh, again... Yeah, when I first started, uh, when I first started on this project, I, uh, I have a friend who uh, studied botany at the University of Tennessee. Uh, she got her master's degree there, and she's married to a gentleman who is an agronomist at a large corn concern in Nebraska. And so I called them up and asked, you know, "Hey, what do you know about amaranth? Like, what can you tell me?" 
And Paul, uh, my friend's husband, uh, he, he hates it. He's like, that, that stuff, you know, we, we, we hate that stuff. It's always, you know, growing at the edges of our cornfields and messing up our cornfields. And so it, it grows naturally. Uh, it doesn't require pesticides. doesn't require large amounts of water. It'll grow in what we consider now a marginal cropland. So, I mean, great. you're talking about... I'm sorry? Oh, great. That's great. Go ahead. Well, and so, you know, it, uh, so from an environmental perspective, you know, it really can, you know, if we can displace some of the current large cash crops uh, in particularly the American food system, you know, that are very water-intensive, very pesticide-intensive, very fertilizer-intensive with amaranth, uh, you know, even a, even a small reduction percentage-wise can have a big impact on our environment, and especially the freshwater state in the Midwest. Yes. Um, I, I hear that they're growing it in Long Island, so probably they could grow it wherever we grow corn, right? Uh, probably in a lot more places than where we grow corn. So again, again, you know, this will, this will open up a lot of land, uh, for the growing of crops that, you know, previously was, was not productive, possibly. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not a farmer. Um, I've, I've researched into this and, you know, it does, you know, it does have the potential to, to grow in a lot more places. And the other thing about amaranth, that makes it very unique as a cereal or a pseudo cereal is that uh, its nutrient content is really amazing when you think about it for a plant. <laughs> like it's, it's very high in protein, it's very high in iron, and it's very high in calcium. So in 100 grams of amaranth, that's a tiny little bowl, uh, you have the protein of two eggs, you have the iron content of a 10-ounce bag of spinach, and then you have the, uh, the calcium content of more than half a cup of milk. Right. I mean, yeah. And protein, iron, and calcium, you know, those are nutrients that we generally tend to associate with animal products, whether it's milk or meat. And mm. so if we can get those from a plant, and on top of that, a plant that is, uh, you know, low impact in terms of, you know, its own agricultural cycle, you know, if we can... If we can begin to draw our protein and our iron and our calcium uh, from plant sources instead of animal sources, it'll make us healthier. And, you know, again, there's a huge environmental impact associated with uh, animal husbandry. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian, I'm not a vegan, and I don't plan to become a vegetarian or a vegan, but, you know, it, uh, I do plan on, you know, taking my consumption of protein and iron and calcium and shifting it more to, to, uh, to plant-based instead of animal-based. I'm going to do it for my own health, and I'm going to do it uh, for the environment. I'm going to do it now because of this product that I made. It's available. Yes. Well, we, a lot of us believe in a diet for a small planet, meaning that, you know, yeah, we, we, it's good to have some cows around and once in a while eat some beef and, you know, goats and so forth, but it's important to, you know, to not leave a big impact on it. And that's what you're talking about is, and, you know, so many people need to supplement their diet with calcium because not many people, not as many people drink milk as they used to do. And ice cream doesn't count, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I was amazed with how high the calcium content is and the protein. I mean, this is a very pro- protein or pro- high protein uh, energy source. 
Yeah, and uh, and you know that's that's really something that uh, struck me about amaranth as I started learning about it was in addition to the protein, which I already kind of knew about the the iron and the calcium. There's a little bit of vitamin C too, um, but especially the iron and the calcium. You know, those are those are nutrients that everybody needs, and you know, constantly. And you know, when we eat those, we have healthier blood, healthier bodies, healthier bone structure, and you know, especially for people who who do choose to be vegetarian or vegan, you know, sometimes they end up uh, having a harder time getting those nutrients, and so this is a great way to do that. That's really great. Uh, tell me a bit about the um, the historical significance of amaranth. Uh, so amaranth grows all over the world. The, the name itself is Greek, uh, and amaranth means never fading because the flower uh, lasts for about 10 months of the year. Uh, we were kind of bantering about that before the show started, how you can, you know, if you buy it as a decorated flower, it'll last for a long time. Well, but, um, yes. But amaranth is mostly associated with the Aztec Empire. Um, there are studies that estimate that about 60 to 70% of the calories consumed by the Aztec uh, Empire before the Spanish conquistadors came were from amaranth. Uh, but, Josh, you're was saying from, that about two-thirds of the calories is from amaranth. Yes. Wow. That's, that's crazy when you think about it. You know, but it, yeah. it, was, it was such a, such a versatile and plentiful food source that they were able to feed themselves, you know, to that extent with just one plant. Um, and it was so central, in fact, to their way of life that um, in the Aztec pantheon, there was an amaranth god, and it was part of their religious ceremonies every year to take honey and amaranth and construct uh, an image of this god and then break it apart and eat it. And the the Spanish conquistadors didn't like that because they felt it was too close to the uh, to the ceremony of communion, the ritual of communion that they would uh, observe in their Catholic services, and so they tried to eradicate amaranth as a means of you know breaking the will of the Aztec Empire, and so uh, they did succeed in. You know, uh, exterminating the large amaranth plantations, but the plants survived, and, and now I think the time is right for a comeback. No pun intended. Hmm. Well, I, I've seen they, um, they might carry an, an amaranth head in the Day of the Dead um, ceremonies. Yes, uh, and that's, that's, again, you know, kind of a holdover from, you know, the Day of the Dead ceremony itself is a holdover from you know, Aztec times, and the significance of amaranth itself, especially in the southern Mexican states, is, uh, you know, it's still observed. And actually, I, I'm in contact with uh, a society in southern Mexico in the state of Oaxaca that is working to, um, to reorganize farmers to reintroduce amaranth. But in, uh, in southern Mexico, you know, these are still like, you know, you can still buy, like, in, Mex- in Mexican markets, you can buy you know, handmade amaranth and honey uh, figures that are snacks. And those were, uh, in a way, my basic inspiration 
for the snack bars that I've made. Um, so how does um, eating the amaranth, what does that have to do with protecting the environment? Well, uh, again, like we, like we talked about, you have, uh, you know, anything we eat, you know, there's, there's an impact to it. You know, whether it's, uh, if, we're, if we're eating grains, you know, then there's, there's water that went into watering them. There's pesticides and fertilizers that are used to, uh, to protect the plants and to help them grow. There is, you know, there was fuel burns in the combines that, you know, collected the grain and, and then transported it. And, you know, the whole process has an impact. And where amaranth comes into protecting the environment is uh, kind of what we talked about before. Uh, it requires less water. It requires mm. no pesticides, although birds do eat it. So you've got to figure out a way to get rid of birds. <laughs> and It's called uh, netting. <laughs> I'm sorry? It's called netting. You put netting to keep the birds away. Sure. Yeah. However, you, however you keep the birds away. <laughs> but, but you won't, you know, in a, in a field of amaranth, you just won't see the type of large-scale destruction, you know, from bugs that's possible with other crops. Um, so you don't need to use, uh, you know, pesticides. Um, so reduce water, reduce the pesticides, um, reduce the fertilizer. So amaranth does benefit... From, uh, from organic fertilizer, but you know it's it's not it's not as necessary with amaranth in order to get a productive yield as it is with other crops. And so, again, you know, if you take the amount of food that's produced in the United States and consumed in the United States, and you know you, you bump the percentage of amaranth up, you know that that could result in a significant positive impact. Yes, yes. Well, this is dear to my heart is that, you know, nitrogen from fertilizer and septic and sewage is one of the worst pollutants, is the worst pollutant of oceans because it feeds algae that blooms and so forth. So if we could reduce the nitrogen fertilizer and phosphates coming off of the land, that is so good for the environment. And so amaranth is really good about that. Uh, you know, um, Michael Pollan talks about in one of his books how that, at the end of World War II, they had all this extra gunpowder lying around. And so the corn industry used it to fertilize their corn, and they got more corn. And so for the way to make a profit would be to put more and more fertilizer on. You get more and more corn, and the same patch would get more and more money coming in. And so today we have corn is a, it's ridiculously hungry for fertilizers. And uh, how wonderful to have a high-protein source of food in amaranth that doesn't require um, so much, uh, you know, it's a weed, for goodness sake. No, it doesn't require the, the same kind of uh, excesses, as you said, you know, fertilizers and pesticides and all those things. That's great. Right. And, uh, and again, um, and, then, and then there's a the question of meat. Uh, so, you know, Americans, obviously, you know, we, we consume a lot of meat. But, you know, in yeah. the developing world, in China in particular, you know, China, uh, Chinese company recently bought, uh, I think it was uh, Smithfield, the second largest pork producer in the United States. And so, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they you know, as, as China gets wealthier and as citizens get wealthier, they have 
you know, an insatiable desire for meat. And, yes, you know, okay, that's fine. You know, they're, they're coming up in the world. They're starting to change their diet like everybody has changed their diet. But, you know, the, the entire planet cannot sustain that. <laughs> like, I mean, the, no, the and, run... and Americans but, have an obesity problem, and our obesity might not be so bad if we ate less, you know, less meat, not so much marbled fatty meat and stuff, like hamburger. So this is an alternative, right? Well, it's a great alternative because it's a way that people can, you know, they can, they can get these nutrients that they need. Um, another thing about amaranth protein in particular is that it's very high in the amino acid lysine, which is missing from a lot of other plant-based protein sources. So, uh, you know, the, the qual- it's not just the quantity of the protein, it's the quality of the protein as well. It's a complete protein that, you know, is comparable to... Uh, to meat-based protein. So, you know, this is the good stuff. And so if, if that can be injected into the world food supply, again, you know, we're not going to, you know, I'm, I'm a realistic guy. You know, we're not going to alternate the vegetarians overnight. But if there's an alternative available and it tastes good and people like it and, you know, they understand that, you know, it's contributing to a better future for everyone, then I think that, you know, at least to some extent, they'll take that alternative. Absolutely. It's so great for you to make us aware of this because then people can, um, you know, mix. Instead of having hamburger, they can have meatloaf made with amaranth and have less meat and more and the same amount of protein and not feel that they're changed their diet, but they're helping them. Uh, We're going to take a short break. I'm talking with Josh about amaranth. And we'll be right back after this break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. On a Cape Cod shore, 16 striped bass fish and a horseshoe crab were found dead, killed by a harmful algal bloom. The town blamed excessive lawn fertilizer for polluting the water. They restricted lawn fertilizing to once a year. The state overruled, mandating five times a year. Though the striped bass died on a Falmouth shore, fertilizer pollution is a national problem, clogging our waterways. If you believe in our rights to clean water and beaches, if you want to stop the killing of fish by excessive fertilizer, please join with us. Make a donation for responsible stewardship. Acting together, we can have clean beaches and more fish. Please visit www.donateforoceans.org. That is www.donate, the number four, oceans.org. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI 
partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI Actions and Events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI Eco Steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, we're back talking to Josh Asin, we're talking about amaranth, an everyday superfood. Uh, it's also a pseudo cereal. It's sort of like quinoa, only a much hardier and weedy plant. Um, Josh, where can people go to learn more about um, amaranth and your superfood? Well, so uh, another thing about amaranth uh, that kind of struck me as I started learning about it was that it's Availability. So um, I had been eating quinoa for a couple of years, and it was fairly simple. You know, you buy a box or a bag of quinoa, you take it home, you boil it for about 20 minutes, and then, uh, you know, you eat it like a porridge or you put it in a salad or whatever, but you you just boil it, and it it was pretty easy Mm. to do that. Uh, Amaranth is not that easy to cook, and that's mostly because the grains are about an eighth the size of a quinoa grain. So <laughs> quinoa is already very small. Amaranth is, is tiny. It's, it's almost like sand. So you try to boil it, and it, uh, you know, I, I, most of the people I've talked to who have tried to take it home and eat it themselves, boil it and eat it, have uh, come out with a gloopy mess. So, uh, so you have this great food that's very nutritious, um, could lead to a positive impact on the environment, but uh, its availability is just too much, and everybody leads busy lives. And so, you know, that was my first problem was uh, making it available. Yes, and um, so it seems like they they pop it like popcorn almost. Right, uh, you can, and so you you can make popped amaranth, which again are still very small. So, uh, so. In my bars, actually, in my uh, Achieve Super Bars that I made, I do use puffed amaranth. And uh, just to give you an idea of how big puffed amaranth is, um, like, it's, it'd probably take about 10 of them to make the size of a grain of rice. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can see it on the package, and that's about life size and stuff. But, uh, yeah, they're tiny little guys, but they have a delicious crunch to them. 
Right. So um, as I as I started developing these bars, uh, well, uh, first, you know, yeah, as I started developing the idea of just, uh, you know, how do I make amaranth available to people? I uh, I kind of decided to go for low hanging fruit, which was in in a bar form. <laughs> you know, it's it's easy, it's simple, it's something everybody's familiar with. It's something you can stick in your pocket uh, as you're walking out the door in your backpack or hand to your kid while they're sitting in a car seat. Um, so, so I decided to go with a bar, and you know, then, then it became a question like, what, what kind of texture do I want it to have? And uh, I, I kind of was going for a Rice Krispie treat because <laughs> I like this. And um, yeah. so, with the amaranth, with the puffed amaranth, uh, there's a little bit of crisp rice, and that's what gives it the crunch. Oh, but it's it's not as gummy as uh, uh, you know um, Rice Krispies bar. It's it's more crunchy. I like that. You did good. Yeah, but but there is a little bit of crisp rice in there, and that's that's the crunch. Oh, bummer! I thought it was the the uh, little puffed uh, uh, amaranth. Um, tell us about starting your business. Um, well, so. Uh, well, so um, I'm, I'm not uh, a business guy. I'm actually an officer in the U.S. Navy. That's what I do. That's my day job. Um, and I was stationed on the USS George Washington uh, in Yokosuka, Japan. Uh, that's an aircraft carrier. And an aircraft carrier has 3,000 sailors on it. And I was responsible for the fitness, the physical fitness of all of these sailors. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And for most of the sailors, it wasn't, you know, most sailors are pretty fit, you know, like, say, 90% or so. <laughs> but, yeah, but that still meant that, you know, there were, like, you know, 300 sailors on the ship that, that had uh, problems. They had problems with their weight or they had problems with, uh, you know, their, just their overall physical fitness. And... um it was it was really interesting to me because you know I wanted to help I wanted to, you know not just to not just to tell people hey you're out of shape you know I wanted to kind of figure out what was going on and you know help design solutions for them so I started looking into you know uh, their exercise and well it turns out that you know a lot of these sailors you know they worked with me on the flight deck you know those were 12 18 hour days sometimes uh, and it's physical work you're you're walking around you're running around. You're lifting heavy things, you know, it's, and it's constant. So they weren't sitting around. They were working hard. So then I, then I wondered, well, what, what are they eating? And uh, in addition to the, to the meals they would eat, uh, they were eating snacks. And so well, what are you snacking on? And this was, this was kind of my uh, aha moment when they uh, they're like, well, protein powder, ramen noodles, candy bars. <laughs> what? You're, you know, you're, you're struggling with your weight. And, you know, if you're, if you're chowing down on protein powder and ramen noodles and candy bars, you know, you're not going you're, you know, to make any progress. You're just, you know, you're going to be dead in the water. And so um, that, was, that was where I really, you know, became driven to try to come up with a, a better idea, a better snack uh, that, that people could use. And it wasn't just for them. It was for me, too. You know, I... I wanted a better option as well. I wanted a better option for my kids. And uh, so um, after I finished my tour in Japan 
on the George Washington, I uh, started graduate school here in Boston at Harvard. And, you know, I had the opportunity to, to kind of bring this idea to life. And uh, so I did. <laughs> and I've been kind of working on it all year long. Bravo. Yes. So you're clearly going to graduate, and you're graduating with a product under your arm and stuff. Um, I'm at a loss for the next question. Where do you want to go from here? Uh, well, so I just graduated um, last week, and I will be starting a tour in the Pentagon. I will be moving in about a month down to Virginia. And so... How to, so starting the business, you had to oh, you had to come up with a recipe and all that stuff, right? Was right. That, am I getting well, so I uh, I worked with the commercial kitchen uh, to develop the recipe, and uh, so this was interesting because um, you know Amaranth, you know, I would conservatively guess that ninety five percent of Americans have never even heard of it, and so the commercial kitchens that I I approached. You know, most of them had, you know, they had no idea what amaranth was. And, you know, so I, I had to first, you know, kind of put that out there. And then, you know, when once we, you know, established that we were going to be working with amaranth, we had to figure out where to get it. And then once we figured out where to get it, you know, nobody had ever done anything like this before. So we didn't have a template. And, you know, I just kind of gave them, you know, broad strokes. You know, let's, let's try this. Um and my um, kind of my initial uh, guidance was, so it has to be mainly amaranth. So amaranth, you know, for me that meant amaranth is the first ingredient. Like you can find amaranth in a number of products, a number of uh, cereals that other companies make, but you know, it's it's such a minor part of you know their multi-grain blend or whatever that it's almost negligible. You know, it's like. It's like uh, there was a court case, you know, with the pomegranate juice that was like 1% pomegranate. You know, that's, that's what amaranth is in a lot of these multi-grain cereals. So I, I wanted it to be the first ingredient. And then, um, then I wanted to combine it with a fruit. So for me, the first one was blueberries because blueberries are also a superfood. You know, they have a lot of antioxidants, a lot of very good, healthful properties. And so... Mm. And uh, then... Uh, I also wanted a, another, you know, kind of spice of flavoring. And so I, I looked for, you know, healthy spices that also had health benefits. And yeah, I paired the blueberry with vanilla, which, you know, has, you know, has been shown to have positive effects on the circulatory system. So this was, this was, you know, kind of putting it together in a general shape. And then um, I, going off of the, uh, the inspiration from the Aztecs that I mentioned earlier, how they used to make amaranth statues out of honey, uh, I said, let's stick together with honey. <laughs> and so that was, you know, and then, of course, a little bit of crisp rice for some crunchiness, and then we were off to the races. And so a few weeks later, uh, the, the commercial kitchen uh, sent me a bar, that 12 of them, actually. They sent me 12 bars. <laughs> and, um, they were okay. <laughs> uh, you know, that was the starting point. They weren't, they weren't great by any means. And, uh, but they were okay. And so then, uh, we took that and we adjusted the recipe and, 
actually, uh, it came together fairly quickly for the blueberry. And by the second iteration, uh, it was very, very good. Lucky you. I mean, it's, the taste is so important. So many people just throw the ingredients together and say, eat this because it's good for you. And thank you for staying after the taste element. Well, right. I mean, that was, I, I did some online surveys, actually, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to try to understand, you know, what, what people really want. And uh, so adults sometimes will eat something that they don't necessarily like, but, you know, if they, if they believe that it's good for them or if they understand that it's good for them. But, but nobody likes to do that, right? No, no. And I certainly don't. And then, but it wasn't, you know, I wasn't just designing this for adults either, you know, because I was designing it for kids as well. And kids will not eat something that they don't like. Absolutely no not. If it's the wrong know, color or the wrong position in the bag, they won't touch it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and so this was a, this was a, a thing for me. <laughs> but when the second batch of bars came in, I, uh, so this is the second iteration. I, uh, I chopped up one of them into little squares. Uh, and, you know, I tried one. Oh, well, I think this is really good. I gave one to my wife. She thought it was good. Um, and, and then came the moment of reckoning. So, uh, you know, first, first I tried out on my 10 year old because he can talk and tell me what he thinks. And, you know, he liked it. Uh, then my, uh, and my eight year old is a little bit less filtered. <laughs> But he liked it, and then then was the real moment of truth. My two-year-old, the baby, <laughs> and uh, so I chased him down, and uh, you know I, I you know got him to to try a bite, and he liked it, and uh, and like in that moment for me, it, like as a parent, you know, because like you know you always you go places, you bring snacks for your kids and their rich crackers or goldfish or, you know, something else that, you know, kids will eat, but it's not that good for them. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. It's a healthy snack that he likes. And this actually went a little too far because I, I had left the box with these uh, samples on the counter. Now, these cost a lot of money to make. And so I, I wanted to be very careful with them. <laughs> right. They're prototypes. But, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but as I was, you know, just walking through the kitchen, I saw the back of my two-year-old running off, and he had he had, <laughs> he had liked the bar so much that he went and he snagged one and and took off with it, and it was it was flattering, uh, but I, I kind of wish I'd been able to hold on to that one. Well, that's a you can't get better accolades for your cooking ability than that. Have you? Two-year-old stealing the bar from out under you. What was your yeah, next flavor that you worked sorry. on? Go ahead. That, so you just now you have what, what came after the blueberry and vanilla? Well, so after the after the blueberry and vanilla, I you know I had you know I had then a basic idea of what worked, right? You know how much amaranth, how much rice, how much fruit, how much um, you know uh, <clears throat> how much of the spice. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, different ingredients, are, you know, have different properties. But, I had, you know, I had a, a baseline. And so then <clears throat> I started, you know, developing the other three flavors, which are cherry chocolate, raisin cinnamon, and apricot ginger. And all of these flavors, they're very different from each other. 
um, in spite of the fact that, you know, amaranth is the base ingredient in all of them. So the cherry chocolate um, is, is tart. It tastes like cherries, which which led to an interesting uh, kind of problem, because uh, when I when I got samples and started giving them to uh, to my friends to try, and you know, especially my friends with kids, because I wanted to make sure that kids tried them, uh, some of them would come back to me and they'd say, "Hey, my kids liked your bar, but they said that the cherry doesn't taste like cherry, and the blueberry doesn't taste like blueberry," and I. And, like, that really puzzled me. And then I realized what was going on here. Like, the, you know, the cherry does taste like cherries. It just doesn't taste like red Kool-Aid. Right. And so the kids, the kids you know, they, they didn't even know how to react to that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cherries are tart. They're sour. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what they taste like. And uh, so that, that was an interesting uh, thing. So they, they, they still liked them, but they didn't believe that that was what, Cherry taste like. Mm. But uh, I worked through that process. Um, so the, there was the cherry chocolate. The, the raisin cinnamon is uh, my personal favorite. I really like the, the cinnamon flavor to it. And then uh, one of the interesting ones is the apricot ginger. So um, I, in the Navy, my job up until now, I've been an aviator. And when I was going through naval flight school, uh, you know, people get sick a lot because you go up in a plane and you do aerobatics and your body isn't used to it. <clears throat> and so uh, you get air sick. And uh, sometimes that has unfortunate results. But yes, uh, we would eat ginger. Uh, we would eat ginger snaps or drink ginger ale before we would go flying. And that would calm our stomachs. And so I really wanted to make a bar out of ginger uh, or to use ginger in one of my bars in order to, uh, you know, kind of help people who have, you know, nausea or uh, air sickness or car sickness or, you know, any, any problem like that. You know, ginger is well documented to, uh, to help settle the stomach, and so I really wanted to have that available. That's great. Josh, we're going to have to take a break again, um, and then we'll come back and talk about amorous bars uh, after this break. Okay. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Connecting local stewardship with global support, the Ocean River Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work. We believe that many environmental issues can best be addressed by people taking action in their own communities and regions. It's not the large national entities, but the small, localized, or newly formed groups that often need help to achieve their goals. That's where the Ocean River Institute comes in. We maintain a network of eco-stewards and ORI 
partners, connecting them with resources and services to help them maximize their impact, expand their capacity, and weather unexpected setbacks. ORI Actions and Events offer opportunities to make a difference, to go the distance, and you can volunteer to be an ORI Eco Steward. To discover more, visit us online at www.oceanriver.org. That's www.oceanriver.org. The Ocean River Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping people and groups make a difference where they live and work through environmental stewardship and science. On a Cape Cod shore, 16 striped bass fish and a horseshoe crab were found dead, killed by a harmful algal bloom. The town blamed excessive lawn fertilizer for polluting the water. They restricted lawn fertilizing to once a year. The state overruled, mandating five times a year. Though the striped bass died on a Falmouth shore, fertilizer pollution is a national problem, clogging our waterways. If you believe in our rights to clean water and beaches, if you want to stop the killing of fish by excessive fertilizer, please join with us. Make a donation for responsible stewardship. Acting together, we can have clean beaches and more fish. Please visit www.donateforoceans.org. That is www.donate4oceans.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. To participate in today's discussion, you're welcome to call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email to rob at oceanriver.org. Now, back to Dr. Rob Moyer. Hi, we're talking today with Navy officer Josh Ason, and Josh is telling us about his Achieve Super Bars that have amaranth in them as the main or as the first ingredient. And Josh, where can people um, learn about your product on, online? So my my website is www.achievesuperfoods.com. So that's A C H I E V E superfoods.com and uh, I also have a Facebook page you can link to the website and it's uh, if you look up Achieve Superfoods on Facebook that's where I am that's great I've been to the site it's just fabulous uh, and there's a store there and, and either on the homepage or on the store your, your four um, super bars come up and um, you were just talking about um, my most favorite bar is the uh, uh, ginger apricot or apricot ginger bar. Um, and, um, you know, I, I uh, drink, um, like to drink uh, ginger tea um, for all the reasons that you were saying about how it's good to settle you and, and so forth. Uh, and, and I love drinking ginger beer. And I was just amazed when I bit into your apricot ginger bar the way the ginger just pops out front and is right there, like a ginger snap, you know, and 
and yet so much better for you than eating crystalline ginger. Um, it's, it's, I'm really proud. I, I'm really pleased with the product because so often um, the ginger snaps aren't gingery enough, and, and you really hit the, you know. But I'm not totally burned out by the ginger either. When you leave the tea bag, the ginger bag in the tea too long, it can go a little too strong. But uh, that is perfect, and I love the apricot background, um, which is kind of stays in the background, but. Um, I used to, when I was young, I was a mountaineer and we did a lot of climbing. And of course, the best food for mountain climbing was, you know, nuts and dried fruit. And um, the trick was not get the sulfured um, uh, apricots, but to get the unsulfured. And the unsulfured ones, you know, were, were tough as leather practically. <laughs> you chew them away. So for some reason, those memories came back to me when I was biting into your apricot ginger bar of the, the, that, that familiarity of apricot when you're out there in the wild and, and trying to get by with whatever you can carry. And, um, and then the, the, uh, the health benefits of ginger. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I, actually, they're, they're unsulfured apricots as well. <laughs> of course they are, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of, the, one of the other things when I was developing the, uh, the product is, you know, when I go into the store, and I, I look at some of the other bars. Uh, you know, there's there's one bar out there where you know the the listing of the ingredients takes up a whole panel on the box, and you know mine are you know seven or eight ingredients. You you know them all. You know you can recognize all of them. They're they're very uh, you know very simply constructed. They're constructed out of you know good food and good things that. You know, other than the Amram, <laughs> you know, that you're familiar with, and, and once you become familiar with the Amram, you know, I think I think most people will, will really fall in love with it. Yeah, it's an interesting. Um, it's the, the little puffed Amarants almost have a little kind of peppery flavor to them, that uh, gives an, an interesting, um, you know, subtle uh, taste to the food. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different. You know, it's. Uh, so quinoa, for instance, doesn't really have uh, a taste. Maybe, you know, maybe a little, very slight hint of a taste, but amaranth has a taste, and it's, uh, you know, it's something that most people haven't tried. And so, uh, you know, my invitation is to give it a try. You know, it's, it's yeah, I, I, I think concur. very good. You should try. Everyone should try it because you put in, you know, flavors that can carry their own: the blueberries, the vanilla, the cherry, the chocolate. You know, those things. You know, uh, amaranth can stand up to those guys, and especially the ginger, you know. Um, so it, it's nice that you pair it with things that, um, you know. And, yeah, the cherries are bitterer than Kool-Aid, but <laughs> thank goodness they are. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just have to I just have to convince kids that, you know, natural cherry taste is better than the, than the taste of red. <laughs> so. Well, you know, you're close enough, and then, you know, if kids see um, uh, uh, mentors eating the bars, then uh, that'll make it easier for them. Yeah. Good balance you got there. So, um, it must be hard to get into the market with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm selling them online through my website. That's my, uh, that's kind of my, my starting out point. So, again, you know, it's a at chiefsuperfoods.com. Uh, anybody can get on there and order. Uh, the bars will get to you in a couple of days. Um, I have a variety pack on there. 
where people can uh, try all four flavors. So they get uh, two of each. And I, I think I think that's a great way to start out. Um, and, you know, if, if I was ordering, I'd keep ordering that one because, you know, I like all four flavors. And so uh, that's available. But, you know, I'm also uh, working with uh, some re- retail partners right now. Uh, it takes, you know, I just, I literally just made these bars a month ago. So, you know, they're very new. And so I'm, I'm working on putting the structures in place to get them uh, available uh, in retail outlets as well. When I last saw you, you were on your way over to Harvard College to put some bars out in the cafeteria. How did that go over? Uh, it's going well. Um, I have a You're meeting. Bar. Yeah, I have a meeting tomorrow with uh, some Harvard Dining Services folks to finalize that. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the, the tail end of the school year, but uh, I, I hope to have, you know, the like I said, Harvard Dining Services, you know, stocking them, uh, you know, for the new school year. And you know, I'm looking forward to that. I think, I think you know, especially in the Harvard environment, you know, there's a lot of a lot of emphasis on innovation and good eating and being healthy. So I think, I think that's a natural fit. And you know, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I expect the MIT students come over to Harvard. We'll be contacting you shortly after that, saying they need some over at MIT and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean. You know, I'm happy to happy to go over there as well. One one thing at a time. It's really exciting, to, to, you know, to have you know, like you said, uh, foods that uh, you know you can have available at all times. And yes, I also want to emphasize everyone should buy the four pack because um, you know you want to try out the different flavors. I call that further research is warranted. You know, um, and. Uh, and that way you can introduce them to your friends and stuff. And uh, you were good to give me, you know, two of each. And I was immediately started offering to the interns and other people working at, at uh, Ocean, Ch- Ocean River Institute here. And it was like, wait a second, I haven't tasted that one yet. Oh, no. So I'm going to have to yeah. order another uh, mix pack because I missed out on the, the cherry chocolate ones. Because you can imagine chocolate's a popular um, item in, in the uh, food source. Oh, no, no, that's... <laughs> I guess it's yeah, okay. my favorite, but uh, for me, cherry chocolate was kind of my dark horse. <laughs> yeah, well, I, said, I like yeah. that one. Hey, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Just, yeah sorry, why do you like ahead. the cinnamon one? Hmm? Why do you like the cinnamon um, one? Uh, well, I, I like the taste of cinnamon, and again, you know, like cinnamon has uh, you know a lot of a lot of good. Uh, you know, health benefits for your circulation, for your nervous system, and so I, I just like cinnamon, and you know, it has a it has a good strong cinnamon taste to it, and the cinnamon works really well with the uh, with the amaranth. Yes. So, if you were back on that boat again, that the big ship you were on, would you um, look at the people on the boat and decide today's the day for cinnamon and tomorrow's the day for ginger because they're flying or? Would you uh, try to steer them toward different bars at different times? No, I mean I just let them no. do whatever they <laughs> whatever they wanted to do. But you know, I and you know again for me like the big thing here is you know creating an alternative. You know, all of my bars um, come in at under 130 calories, which wow. Um, you know, if you're if you're eating uh, another snack bar out there. You know, those, those clock in usually around 230, 240 calories. So if you're if you're cutting back 100 calories a day, 
you know, over a year, that's, that's 10 pounds of body weight. Uh, that's, wow. that's a lot, you know, like, it, because, you know, when we, when people want to get healthier, we, we, we tend to make like drastic changes in our lives. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to eat any sweets for a month or I'm going to go to the gym every day for two hours or whatever that drastic changes, but those don't last. And so those changes no. don't last, you know, it's the, it's, it's incremental changes that, you know, will, will make a long-term difference. And, you know, that's what I was thinking about when I was, you know, thinking about my sailors and, you know, like these are people who, you know, like they, they really wanted to be in shape. They wanted to, to lose weight. Um, and they were having a tough time doing it. And so, you know, and that's one of the reasons I, I named you know, the, the company, I named it Achieve Superfoods, you know, because I, I really wanted to help them, you know, achieve what they wanted and to give them a, a means to do so. Uh, I can't, I can't make them eat healthy, but I can, you know, give them an option. I can't make them, you know, uh, take it, but, but it's there. And, and that was really important to me to, to put that in front of them so that they would be able to do that. And then, um, you know, even, you know, for me as well, like I designed these for me. You know, like I, I want to eat this food because this is, you know, it, it is possibly the healthiest food, amaranth, the healthiest food that, you know, most people have never heard of. You know, it's, it's really, you know, in terms of nutrition, it's the complete package. It's, you know, again, it's an incremental change. It's something people can choose to work into their diet and, and enjoy a lot of health benefits for that. Well, you were so smart to go the extra mile and make it very, very good tasting because you want to make it convenient and tasting good, and that's what's going to get people to to pick up on it. And um, unfortunately, you know, I'm just going to remember this is a fabulous apricot ginger bar and probably forget the word amaranth, but uh, I know what I want kind of thing. So well done. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like taste, taste is the... You know, important thing, convenience, obviously, like, extremely important. And, you know, just just trying to, um, to, to create that, that space where people, you know, can, can be healthy, can have it, can be healthy conveniently, and at the same time, you know, feel good about the fact that, you know, what they're eating is good for the environment, it's good for uh, their bodies, it's good for their families, and you know they can they can make that comfortable decision. Yes, exactly. And as you said earlier, this is good for the environment. This is good for um, you know for world food sources. Uh, this is good in the many ways. I'm probably leaving some out there. Well, yeah, and you know like my my uh, dream, you know, 20 years in the future, I hope to see you know. Fields of amaranth covering, uh, you know, what was previously marginal cropland uh, on the Sahel in uh, Africa, or <laughs> you know, in uh, yes, you know, in, in the Mojave Desert, or you know, just fields of amaranth, you know, like you know, purple and green against the sunset, you know, like that, because that, I think, I, I really believe that, you know, the you know, with the the planet's population growing and people consuming more and being more concerned about health. Uh, I, you know, I think this is inevitable. Like, amaranth is the food that uh, is going to propel us forward in the future. And so, you know, this, this is it. And, and as far as I know, 
far as I've been able to tell, this is the first Amaranth-based product in the United States. Thank you, Josh. We're out of time. Uh, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, and uh, thank you for your service. And it's been wonderful learning about that Wonder Grain Amaranth and enjoying your super bars. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Dr. Moore. I really appreciate the time. Oh, call me Rob. Yes, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And that's all the time we have for Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please take care of yourself, your family, and take care of the planet. Thanks again for joining us this week on Moyer's Environmental Dialogues. Please tune in for more with Dr. Rob Moyer next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again then. Yeah.